Hello and welcome to the Crystal Core Radio Podcast. Brian and Chris here for Work to Game, bringing you guys three big topics, rounding out this week in review. Zeppelin got banned off of Twitch. I think that's going to be massively important for us to talk about both as content creators, but also as a 14 community, what we can do to help support each and every one of us. Also to hopefully not let these kind of things happen. So there's a discussion we're going to be opening up the show with on that. Then we're going to talk about some of the really cool games that Square Enix has been really announcing. Honestly, for me, Octopath Traveler 2, top of the list, showing it off, uh, dropping it from the Nintendo event. But guess what? Not a, not a Nintendo exclusive like the first one was for so long. So that has me personally excited. In fact, we also see Triangle Strategy coming its way to Steam. So lots of good moving parts. I'm generally curious to see what like if anything stands out to Chris, uh, the uh, RPG nerd in me. Uh, is really excited uh, for the what we're going to... So we're going to talk about that in kind of the mid part of the show. And at the end of the show today, we're going to be talking about Yoshi P's uh, latest apology uh, letter in which he's going to be breaking down uh, part of the raid. Uh, this has been an ongoing conversation within the community all week. Uh, originally, we were looking at titling this like Final Fantasy 14 add-on drama part two. Uh, a lot of this kind of kicks off with that. They actually found the person using the third-party tools. And it really both is a interesting story and also kind of a scary one when it's like, they will find you. <laughs> they There are logs, there are like, but there's probably a massive amount of work that has to go into kind of tracking down kind of the source of all this. So at the end of the day, lots of interesting developments, but we want to spend some time going over the Yoshi P letter for you guys uh, today. If you are new to the content we make here, if you're new to this MP3, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for being here on the live show. Thanks for being over here on Twitch. We really appreciate each and every one of you. And also thank you to Mr. Worldwide Warrior Light, uh, dropping a 20 spot of support here on uh, YouTube, helping fund the shows the, and the cost of uh, just the MP3s alone. It's so funny. YouTube will literally let you host endless hours of video for free. And then you then we have a MP3 podcast and they're like, yeah, it's going to be $500 a year to, to run the, the MP3. So thank you guys so much for that support. It does help take... Uh, it does make a lot of that much, much easier. Chris, um, yesterday uh, you were live and I actually saw this happen on, on Twitter. And so I kind of just jumped into chat because I was like, this is unreal. Zeppel got banned for one hour and eight minutes from Twitch. The real cost of all this though, right, is that she went from 240,000 down to 78. And then when I actually went to look at her page and went back up to 120, I don't know if that's been crawling itself back Fresh up it again. Oh yeah, I'm sure that it was. It's uh, been coming its way back, but I'm. Did she? Is she back to where she was? Or I have not checked her this morning. Okay. But it, what it looks like is happening is anytime anybody refreshes the page on Twitch or logs into Twitch for the day, uh, it goes ahead and tosses those people on there. That does mean anybody who's never coming back to Twitch is no longer in her number. Okay. She's at two forty six again right now. Okay. Good. That was actually one of the biggest concerns that I know that so, she expressed because all yep, of a sudden, yep, absolutely, absolutely. Right, because also when we look at when when people look at you know sponsorships and partnerships and all of those things, it's always interesting because on YouTube people look at the subscriber number and YouTubers can be like that, that doesn't necessarily mean a good thing or a bad thing. It just means you know. Go ahead. My experience as I've pursued more Twitch sponsorships and as I've done more with sponsors is what they're looking for is concurrence. And then how many people within your stream are active? They are aware of this kind of lurker concept. Um, so they are looking at concurrence and they are looking at how many people can uh, click a link or how many people will make a purchase. Um, and those are kind of the three metrics uh, that I have seen determine what sponsorship opportunities um, I have. And I've been using it to run additional streams beyond my standard schedule. Um, 
because it's kind of like paid overtime, right? And so like you guys support us. And so I put out the, an amount of content throughout the week that that is a full-time job. And then, um, you know, since times have been a little tight this year, uh, because ad revenue and things are doing weird things, um, there's been some great sponsors that have been fun to work with. And it's been a great excuse to make extra time to do the things I wouldn't have normally gotten to, uh, running extremes, working on spreadsheets, all sorts of nerdy stuff. Um, so that's been really fun. But as I've worked on that, I will say concurrence has been the single most valuable number. Um, if Brian and I truly cared about that, we would be more disciplined about what we put on our Twitch channel. Because oh, yeah. anytime one of us goes live late at night and plays yeah. a game that's not Final Fantasy at all, it lowers your average concurrence for the month. Um, so we're not super disciplined on it, but I am aware of at least what metric they're looking at. Yeah. Um, but with followers, like, the number itself doesn't mean anything. If you That's just the number of feeds you'd show up in the left. It's got bots in it. We know that your real number is something smaller than that. Everybody's number is something smaller than whatever number it says. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, like I talked about this on stream yesterday, like our follower number, while we would celebrate it hitting milestones because it's the number we have, it's not actually the number that makes me do what I do. It's not actually the number that helps reconvince me of pride in my work. Those numbers are how many people are hanging out. Those numbers are those moments of, hey, I've been lurking for a long time, but I just wanna say I appreciate something. Those numbers, are the numbers of you that I get to know every single week. And some of you are here all the time and I get to know your struggles and I get to know your joys and I'm aware of what's going on in your life and you're, you're telling me what's going on with your dog. And like, those are the things that make streaming fun, not the number of people who've hit the follow button. Um, that number really doesn't do anything. If, if if a million people tomorrow watched some news article about Twitch and randomly found only our channel and all hit follow and that jumped to a million, it wouldn't do anything. It doesn't make us money. It doesn't it doesn't help but open any doors. It doesn't and it doesn't lead to a more fun stream. It's it's just a it's just a number. So I wasn't worried about her number dropping on that case. What I was worried is what if even even one, just even one person mm -hmm. that likes watching Zeppla, they watch a lot of other people and they're like, gosh, I'm drawing a blank on her name. And she's not in that feed on the left. Right. If even one person who would actively get joy in their life from watching Zeppla has her removed as a follow, which Twitch does remove follows from time to time. I see yeah. people are like, I YouTube know does. I YouTube does for that, um, for the follows, but, you know, the subs, but the follows, yeah. So if even one person is a result of this, that's BS. Um, because the cause for her ban was that she was banned for impersonating Zeppla. Yeah. So the whole thing and this was because this... she was banned for impersonating herself. And this is something she's been fighting. And so one of the things that it's interesting when it comes to impersonation, just as kind of a thought experiment, I literally over on Ginger World had somebody being ginger world trying to get people to do this thing and got to go report him for impersonation so it's it is existing on all platforms but this is something that zeppelin especially with her size and her success has been fighting against for a long time actively and then to be caught up by this like to me like when i was like if i was in a uh, like, hey, let's talk about getting into content creation. Okay, at this phase, you need to be thinking about this. When you grow to this size, you need to be thinking about this. And that's really where, like, seeing this, I'm glad it got uh, rectified, but that still probably had to be an hour and eight minutes of real stress because stress. one of the things that, like, you know, I even talked about lightly in my videos that one of the things that I feel 
that is the mo most true because of how Twitch operates and how it locks you in from any, like we, we get the ability because we actually are more than one person, but Zeppelin doesn't get the ability to stream to YouTube at the same time or Facebook. What's happening right now is Ninja's doing that. And I do wonder if that will lead to a lawsuit, if that is the intention down the road to be able to sit here and say, hey, he's actually growing faster and having a benefit and he can afford to do something like that because of his size and the and the paydays he's gotten. Namely because when you go look at his Twitch numbers, they're much, much higher. We see that when we do this, things like that, y'all go over and check out Twitch and the numbers are much, much higher. And I think in that sense that getting locked down, getting banned, getting what happened to Zebla, like really, I hope A tells you don't be reliant on any one platform because their bots, yeah. their AI, they're going to fail you and they're going to, they'll, they'll find a reason, you know, and, and, and it, thank goodness she's got a community and a size that she's able to bring this to light. But the other side of it is like, this in and of itself is like, I wouldn't ever want to sit here and be tied into one platform for my source of income. And she's had a hell of a year. We're talking about the, we're talking the war of Ukraine. We're talking like, this is in and of itself is just like, Oh the, man, that's not the stress of it is that she tried to go live and was banned Yeah, and then saw her follower count was down. Now the news, and I would like to keep restating this throughout this, just in case anybody misses it. She did not lose followers. She is yeah. back up to 246K right now. It, it was jumping up literally uh, when I saw her yesterday, she had 1500 people watching her. She was at 120K after I was told she was at 80. And when I pulled up the page and then we talked about it for a bit and I said, I wonder if it's going back up rapidly. And somebody said, it says I'm not following her. And then I just refreshed your page. And now it says I am following her. I said, okay. Yeah. So then people were like, oh, I'm going to refresh my page. I'm going to refresh my page. So then as people refresh their page, well, I refreshed her page. It went up by 10,000. Yeah. Um, she had 1500 people watching yeah. her. That means if none of them were following her, now they're all following her 10 times. So like it was rapid in how right. fast it came back that's the question the are they backing it up you know and now that's out there and i'm going to keep stating that because i think like the issue of her getting banned is bad and is bad on its own it is incredibly infuriating um but this whole she got purged of followers that part actually risks us taking away from talking about the act of getting banned for impersonation because now we're focused on this thing they took away from her when they didn't and so then what happens is then somebody corrects that and it makes the whole argument look like well do you even do you even have all the facts and it starts to devalue everything that really is still wrong here mm -hmm. it is still wrong that she got banned in the first place it is still wrong that she had to go through that whole process of trying to go live um and she uses Streamlabs obs and it's like can't connect to the channel and she's like what is this and she has a screen cap of the error it's a weird error mm -hmm. uh and and it doesn't tell you a whole lot it's not like here banned it's just like oh it's broken and you're like what do you mean it's broken uh <laughs> and so a lot of that and then that frustration with like well what happens when you're locked into one platform mm -hmm. on the on the ninja thing we don't know the terms of his agreement. And so maybe he's not eligible for the same punishments as the rest of us. Well, he, um, he is no longer a Twitch partner. So for in his case, he's still streaming and he's streaming to more people that he's been streaming to uh, for a while over on Twitch. However, he's not able to receive like any kind of monetary compensation. I don't think the lawsuit necessarily comes from him. I do wonder if the lawsuit ends up looking at this and saying, hey, he's growing in rapid pace on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, like all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute. You know, it's kind of in my mind when I looked at that, I was like, it is a rich gets richer kind of scheme. He has the flexibility and power that he does not need 
whatever Twitch is kind of like driving towards him. But then essentially like everybody else in content creation is also now at a massive disadvantage. I've been thinking a lawsuit's going to be coming against Twitch, especially because they're based in California uh, for a long time. And I think what they've done where we're able to make this show happen now uh, because of the change that they've made, I believe that's kind of in response as a way of trying to defend uh, an upcoming lawsuit that might not be in the public sphere or their legal teams like guys you're setting yourself up because everybody else outside of twitch everybody else allows for this stuff so then twitch comes out and says sure you you can stream wherever just not at the same time to these platforms and without any kind of massive exclusivity deal um i think that's going to be ends up what gets challenged to court and i think ninja is going to be actually the catalyst to this but then when I factor all this back into like Zeppelin's band for her fighting against impersonation, I think that also, I wonder if that will accelerate uh, this or at least make this more part of the, the common thought in content creators. And also just these communities that support us, support 14. And then as you keep going at, you know, out and out and out, all of a sudden you start to sit here and say like, why, why should you? be restricted to watching in, in one spot like the viewer has the bet can should have the choice of their better viewing experience and sometimes that is on twitch and sometimes that might be on youtube and um we we have an advantage because there's two of us like so when i start to think about in terms of like fair competition like they're like you know we we talked about this in, in a couple of videos in the past uh, early on in the channel it's like play to your strengths what are this what are your unique advantages that each and every one of you have and like Zeppelin has like, I think her bubbly personality, she's a joy to watch. She's got a lot of really good insight. The thing we always bring is like, there's two of us. We can bounce ideas off of one another. We can, we can disagree. And it's always interesting to see like in the comments, they're like, I usually, I'm usually with Brian, but on this one, I think Chris really kind of, you know, he like, I, I'm with Chris on that. And that, you know, sometimes people say that in like terms of shock, like, cause they might agree with me on more things. And then occasionally it's like, yeah, that's, that's the beauty of it. But and the lesson here is, guys, if you if you follow Zeppelin, if you've ever followed Zeppelin, just go check to see if you're still following her. I think a lot of it was a backup. Twitch regularly drops follows regardless. Because yeah. yesterday I said I wasn't following Pint. And I was like, well, that's just ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> so so it also is just a good reminder of, oh, I haven't watched her in a few weeks. Well, who knows? Um, we have people who've, who said that, like, we have people who've hit the follow button for the first time on our channel three, four times. Like mm -hmm. people who are here every day. Uh, and then they come by and then it hits and it, and it notifies us and it's like, oh, they followed. It's like followed. They're like a 23 month, 23 month subscriber. Month subscriber uh, yeah. Like, why were you unfollowing? Uh, uh, so, you know, it's like, here's the, the money, but I do it. not want to know when you're live. <laughs> <laughs> here's the money. Will you stop streaming? How much do I have to pay you to shut up? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it, it would be like, but just the whole stress of it, right? She has been taking time off mm -hmm. because she's been dealing with all this real world stress. Um, she's a wonderful joy to the community and she comes back and this is what she has to deal with. And she is one of the people like Ms. Tech that has had to deal with this constant. A while back, Yoshi P put a letter out on the Lodestone warning people of scammers on Twitch. And I, I don't think it called out anybody in particular, any particular streamers. But yeah. um, I can see how Zeppelin would read that as she is one of those because she is one of the largest Final Fantasy 14 creators. And it happens to her often that like mistech has had huge issues with it and actually had to she adjusted overlays on her stream so that when they steal vods there is an overlay that's telling you i'm not giving away a deal i'm not quitting 14 i'm not a scammer like like and so she had to adjust the way she streamed for a long time there 
um anytime you came into her stream it was basically like and she has a bot it's in her streams that's like just so you know um, my streams get taken for bots a lot so please never give me any of your information please never log into anything please never click any links i post which then you have to wonder as somebody who's like a partner with i know she partners with a lot of brands her in particular partners with like corsair and all that what happens if corsair ever wants to be like hey could you get everybody to check out our new website or whatever and she's like sorry i actually intentionally have have fostered a loving and supportive community that has a zero percent click-through rate like 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 in by, by intention, like I'm not even an average person. They are anti-clickers. Like, like, <laughs> like that's, so, and then there's that added stress and she always has to be thinking ahead of like, how will the next person impersonate me? Like that sucks. Mm -hmm. So make sure you guys are following Zeppelin. If you've never followed her before, go stop by, say hello. She's that rough here. Uh, and, and for somebody that really focuses on typically the joy of the community, um, you know, if, if, Typically, people say like, well, I don't like Brian and Chris because one of them talks too much or whatever. Um, typically, the complaint I hear about Zeppla is people who don't actually like too much positivity. So if you're ever having a rough day and you want to just think about 14, um, typically the, the the weakness is her strength. Typically, what I hear people um, that take a break from watching Zeppla is because she's too positive. And so like, I, I think that if you ever need that positivity, it's one of the greatest places to go find that as a source. Uh, and I've always appreciated that. Yeah. Um, not that she doesn't talk about the downtimes when it's down, not mm -hmm. that she's never real. And she has shared right. an awful lot of things about her personal life. I think that just makes us more human, but we don't need to like rehash her story. So. Uh, guys. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Chris dropping a shout out in, uh, in Twitch chat, uh, for Zeppelin. So that's important. If you guys aren't following, yeah, make sure that you, 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 you check her out. She does really good work. She, I think she's a real boon for the Final Fantasy 14 community. She finally got to interview Yoshi P for the first time as a part of the Endwalker media tour. Uh, so there's so many good things I think happening and hopefully, um, you know, we'll talk about it like more throughout the year, just like as we look at, uh, 2020 and Endwalker 2022 and Endwalker, uh, there's definitely uh, been, you know, we've had in, as a community, some really interesting challenges and maybe we'll explore that as a topic, uh, in the coming weeks because yeah, it's just, it's just an interesting time to be a Final Fantasy 14 fan. Zeppelin said some disparaging stuff occasionally offhand. I mean, she, she streams for a lot of long time, so it's probably not even something she remembers. Uh, but she said some offhand stuff about my content or my opinion in the past. And most, <laughs> most recently, um, when it has come up, she reacted to a post of mine from gaming kinda, and she didn't end up posting that reaction to her YouTube channel. Um, but because I was told she was reacting to it, I had, I was watching her stream that morning when I was eating breakfast. Cause I, I do, I lurk in her stream. I like it. And so I was like, Oh, that's weird. How did she get from where she was? She was doing like goofy word problems or whatever she like draws like a snowman that's an eight and like she was drawing these things from like i guess like different elementary schools how they teach math and and so like i was watching that and having a good time laughing and then and then i went live and then i got told like an hour into my stream she was reacting to a video of mine and so then after my stream i just went back and watched the vod and i just picked up where i left off and watched it straight through and like it did it just kind of naturally meandered its way and then my post came up um and somebody posted in her reaction react to this channel in her discord um and um i don't think she really liked what i had to say <laughs> and and then like and at one point to kind of explain where i was i said that you know i've always enjoyed 14 plenty and i was a story skipper until shadowbringers like like and for people that say this game is only good for the story i would argue um you're you're missing the opportunity to appreciate all the other things it does really well too 
because I'm telling you, even without story, I enjoyed this game for a long time. Uh, and then her and a portion of her chat, because when you watch a Switch VOD, you get to see the chat. Her and a portion of her chat kind of went off on that for a bit on how your opinions are not valid and you're not welcome in the community if you skip story. Um, and then, but meanwhile, like my video was still running in the background. And so then there were those of you who'd already seen my video that were you guys, I saw some of your names in there that were like, listen to him. Like he's, he's explaining, like, he's like, you're cutting him off. And, uh, and I said like, what? Like I started in Shadowbringers and now I've been going back and she goes, oh, so he's a repentant story skipper. And, um, and so like, actually she said some negative things about me, but actually the thing that offended me that she said was that I was a repentant story skipper because what that message sends in my mind is that it is only okay if you're a skipper if you one day realize you're sorry for it and i want to make it abundantly clear at every opportunity that this comes up that i am not sorry for how i got here in life i'm not sorry that i got a degree in a field that i'm not in i'm not sorry that i skipped story in 14. i'm not sorry for any girl i dated on the way to becoming the guy that got to be married to my wife i'm not sorry for things just because they didn't work out uh, I'm happy with where I am. My life has taken unexpected turns and there are aspects of it that are incredible that I'm thrilled with. And I wouldn't take anything back that got me here. Uh, and so I find it. So actually it's not anything negative about my content that I've ever taken personally. I know many of you have disagreed with my content. I don't take that personally. What I took personally was that she jumped in and decided how I felt and why that should validate my existence. And that's what I personally got offended at. I still like her content. I still watch her streams. I still watch her videos. That one single comment that was directed at me, um, I did not like. So just to kind of jump in front of that, um, but I still, I still watch her. I don't chat much in her community. Um, I don't chat much in any community yeah. that a portion of it doesn't like me. So I lurk in, I lurk in a number of communities that I don't belong in. Uh, yeah. Another community I lurk in a lot is Xenos because like the high-end community typically kind of use like, oh, that worked a game. Oh, those ca those casual players. Yeah. And so we, I tend to yeah. keep my mouth shut in a lot of the higher end communities as well. Yeah. I mean, that's where we kind of, and I see uh, Insanity Peppers like, what? I thought all the content creators were a hive mind that always agreed. It's like that's honestly where like you get more hive mind activity like over on things like reddit and over like that's and also that's where you end up seeing the most kind of drama i think bubble up and in, in the regards like you know like like you said like we've seen that we've talked about that we've talked about how the story in of itself is also one of the it's it's i think the great one of the great strengths of the game but it's also continuing to become the great weakness of the game uh and they have to figure out a way to kind of address like how do you how do you invite somebody into a 600 hour show in which that if you skip you're ostracized, but if you don't like, I guess we'll see you in 2024. Like the right. answer ends up becoming where that, like that friend's just going to be like, well, let's just go play something else. Like, why is this a requirement? Why is this the, the hill to die on? And it's always interesting because like, we'll see them, like we see them pop up from time to time within, uh, within like comments and things like that. And, um, that's something I, I, ra I rally against. I've, I've been on my campaign to joking. actively. Well, yeah, that's where people that's are where, joking. But the right. problem is that's where YouTube fails. When though. a whole collective group starts joking, some people in that group are not joking. Mm -hmm. You know, so. Like everything you're saying, some people are saying that jokingly, like, oh, you're not welcome here, huh, buddy, huh, buddy. But then somebody else sends Brian a message that says. Mm -hmm. My favorite thing that either of us has ever gotten as a hate message is when they told you to die of ginger cancer yeah <clears throat> because i've just never heard of ginger cancer yeah, and, and to put some context on that i'm from a family of gingers 
And so this idea that like, I'm maybe like a carrier of ginger cancer um, because like my family are all redheads. And so like this idea that like, <laughs> you can pass they're all dying of ginger on. cancer. Yeah. Like, and, and so like, I'm probably a carrier. And so like, thank goodness I didn't marry a ginger because we would have had ginger kids and I would have passed on ginger cancer. Um, and so like, it just like in my head, it just like went down this whole rabbit hole of like, and they're like, why isn't this being reported on? Well, mm -hmm. they don't want you to know. Like it, it just took this whole, but like sometimes people do, they take it really far and they yeah. begin to say things. And that was not sent as a joke. That was sent in the context of some messages that were incredibly hateful. Uh, and so I'm trying to laugh at it because that's a way of processing it. Yeah. But like it, it can start as, oh, well, they're just joking. But like, as the receiver of it, I can tell you it doesn't take very long for a handful to not be joking. And those people tend to be very aggressive about letting you know. Oh yeah. And uh, that's actually one of the things like uh, Jake said, my, my rant videos have been doing numbers that they have. So what's interesting in that regards, as I've been saying, like, this is what we're going to be doing for a while, because like, if y'all want to sit here and, and continue to harass me, um, I know how exactly to trigger the, the defense force, the, and the, the, the very toxic side of the 14 community. And there's a thing that I have that a lot of people just don't think about when they decide to, to leave a stupid comment on a video. And it's called, I have an engineering degree and I've been developing a solution because YouTube won't seem to give us the tools that we need. One of the realizations of this was when Asmogold was getting trolled or like, you know, a 14 Andy was like, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, let me look through your chat history over on Twitch. Oh, turns out. Yeah. You're just, you're just an asshole. Like <laughs> You're not even a 14 person. You're a wow person trying to, um, in a weird, in, a, in an interesting way, the thing that like frustrates me, I need to put the, I'll probably put this in a video soon. The thing that frustrates me, like interestingly enough, about the 14 community is that despite all of 14's success and its uh, status and its recognition within the MMORPG genre as a whole, it feels like that side of the community has only become worse. As opposed to like, oh yeah, 14 speaks for itself. No, you shall not speak of anything remotely like cri critical ARR was perfection. And if you do not agree that ARR was perfection, then I don't want you playing my game. I'm like, Oh, all right. All right, juice, let's go. Um, and so one of the things that I've been working on is just a plugin just to sit here and like, can I capture this kind of information? And ultimately if I'm able to deliver on that, then to share that out within Like, I don't want to share it out to the public cause I don't want to cause like witch hunting, but like, I see a lot of, I've talked to a lot of 14 content creators, like, there there is this visceralness in my view i was talking with crojack and he's just like just ban him just ban him just ban him and i'm like i i have i struggle with that idea personally because then the, you just kind of have you just create more angry people shouting off into the void um but my idea is like can we just have some more information sharing so that i know like oh this person this is this is a hateful human being that probably hates 14 but they know they'll get a reaction out of you you know they they, they know they're gonna you know try to ruin somebody's day and that's the game they're like actually playing games. i like the idea that i could go to twitch and if i don't like seeing somebody else's comments i as mm -hmm. a user could ban them and i wouldn't see their comments on any other video i watch mm -hmm. and it was, it's just a ban for me i'm not trying to ban them from the whole community i hope they have friends and family that care for them and love them i hope they get joy out of their job i just don't need them in my life like the world is a huge place like yeah. seven billion people so like every once in a while i come across somebody's like i just don't need you and like and and that does run the risk of generating echo chambers but people are doing that anyway yeah. so like I, I really like what shadow bands do um because it allows me to go into a community and and just dodge one individual person who seems to come in and only try to stir crap up 
Yeah. And one of the things that really was just kind of like a catalyst just because I was like, all right, fine. Like if y'all like you, I, I'm literally like keeping my opinions, you know, I'm just like, hey, I'm talking about, you know, because it's like I don't I got tired of dealing with that part of the community for so long. And then I'm sitting here just like, all right, I'm just going to talk about like the news. I'm going to talk and I'm going to make my, my controller guides. I really enjoy doing that. I feel like it, the, the joy that people who are able to come and play 14, especially those who like have some, you know, form of, you know, like hand dexterity or like I you know can't sit in a mouse keyboard or they want to lay down on the cat, like whatever the reason for playing on a controller, the fact that I've been able to help and them enjoy 14 is a, is a real treat for me. But then I start to go look at the numbers and it's like, I'm putting you know, a hundred, 200, 300 hours into making these guides and, and just, you know, pouring myself in, into the, into this pa as a passion. And I'm getting, you know, I like, that's one of the beauties of having the multi-channel approach getting $40, like it's $40. And I'm like, okay. And then I'm sitting here just dealing with so much like bullshit and just so much hate that it's like, all right, like, well, the only answer they're giving me is to sit here and start to try and to start banning uh, people who, who just are like, if you were like, you wouldn't talk to somebody like this in person and I'm like, okay, well, fine. All right. I'm going to sit here. I'm, I'm, you guys have, you know, you're, you're playing by different rules. I'm going to stop playing. I'm, I'm going to stop. I'm, I'm, I'm going to play the game. I'm going to talk about the game and the way that I want to talk about the game and how it's evolved. Cause I've got 13 years. I've got over 120,000 hours with this game. Like, I'll talk about it. You're not going to put me in a corner and I, you're going to piss, be pissed off and you're going to hate, you're not going to like the, what I'm going to say. And you're just going to deal with it. And, and then all of a sudden now it's like $300 and it's like, clearly they are a, they're not a minority. Like this, this kind of mindset is actually not a minority. However, I think there's a better, there's like, uh, there is a, they, they definitely are larger than people tend, tend to represent. But when, uh, uh, when it's all said and done, it's like, I think there's a, a, a larger part of the community that's like, yeah, I really just want to know the truth. I really want to, I don't want to hear this you know, you know, uh, you know, everything's fine, you know, gingerbread house and, and wicked, you know, like story of like, it's, it's going to be good. So I think the problem is, I think what keeps it from being be, taking over is the majority mindset is I don't think any, I don't think it's one person. I think oh, it's yeah. a moving group mm -hmm. because I think you yeah. go through it. And what happens is you live in that cycle because you entered it and it was fun to enter this space where people love this thing and are passionate about it. And that's a good thing. Yeah. And, and, it, and in this defense of this good thing that it seems like people are threatening, taking away from you can turn really angry. And then what ends up happening is at some point the game does something you don't like and at first you're like well whatever like it's still mostly good but it keeps doing it and it keeps doing it and it keeps doing it and then at some point you have to realize either you were wrong or this game is actively ruining itself and now it's the enemy so yeah. now you either have to hate the game or you have to recognize that you made a mistake and and those are and those are your only exits you've entered this like cult space and the only those are the only two exits you can't just like casually back out like, oh, yeah, those hate messages were jokes. Uh, uh, like you, you, can't, jokes. you can't do that. And, Ginger so, cancer. So people, and so people kind of slide out of that bubble in whatever way is easiest for them. Yeah. Um, and makes the most sense to them. But like other people have slid in. So I think it's a moving minority and that's yeah. why it can feel diverse and yeah. vocal. Um, but I don't think yeah. anybody has the longevity to be hateful for nine years straight. Oh, yeah. They, they at you some move point, on unless there's something. something else in their life that's fueling that fire, at yeah. some point they get tired yeah. of hating people about this game. They're like, this is just a waste of my time. Yeah, at some but point you just move on. They can hate you for six months. They yeah. can hate you for a year. Well, and that's actually, you bring up a really good point because that's a theory that I've been operating off of is that whenever somebody comes in with that kind of mindset, 
the first thing I, I always kind of think is, oh, welcome. You must be new because well, well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's why, like, when Cro when Crojack time them out for six when, months. Yeah, when Crojack <laughs> said that he just like he just was like just ban, just ban, just ban. I'm like, I think that's. I, I don't think that's the answer. I like, but then again, it's, it's, you know, how do you have these conversations in this kind of social media space where the world is, you know, intends to reward anger in that regards. My, my channel, my 14 channel is being rewarded because, you know, I'm just literally just, but I'm, I'm, I know that it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the things that are, I'm, that are passionate to me, but I know I'm talking about them in a way that is not approved by this, this, you know, this, this rolling group. But what's interesting is I always kind of think, oh, in another expansion, you're actually going to understand everything I'm talking about. Where, like in your current, you can you entered in into sh at the end of Shadowbringers, and now sure. you're into Endwalker, and you're like, this is really great. I love how it respects my time. I love how it does X, Y, and Z. And it's like here I am going like, well, I wouldn't do any kind of grind on until point four because all that that's when the gear is set really for the for the expansion. So like if you're hardcore grinding for gear, like. Well, in the next expansion, you're probably going to be like, what happened? Why is this just the exact same it's always been? It's like, yeah, I could tell you that from heaven's word. Like, it was like, oh, this is this is the same model. We just maybe have a couple different uh, pieces of new content to do as opposed to like, what's the grind? You got tomes, you got raids. That's the thing. And every even number patch, the gear score goes up just ever so slightly. On any individual subject you are probably more or less educated than me. Like the odds of us being exactly the same are slim to none. On any one individual subject, you are above or below me in awareness of that subject, right? Yeah. There's going to be things that you just through your life experience, you know a lot more about it than me. But there's going to be areas that like you just haven't done a lot with that. Yeah. And that's just that's just people. Um. So your opinions are always valid, whether they're less or more educated than mine. But like there's some context there. Mm-hmm. I think for everything you just said, what it is, is like you're saying it's a time factor. That person's going to come around given time. And it sounds like, hey, they have a different life experience than you. And that's really interesting. Yeah. You and I have trouble putting our feet in shoes of people who just now joined Final Fantasy 14 because we are so far removed from that. And and so it's one of the things I love about my story characters. It's 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 a brief glimpse into what that might be like. And it's it's weird. Um, and uh I, I think that for me, like, that's why I don't want to ban that person. I just want to time them out. And the first yeah. time they say something hateful, maybe you just had a bad day. Maybe something else yeah. in your life went wrong. And, and you're just like, God, 14 is such a sanctuary. Screw this guy. And that's fine. Yeah. And so I just want like, you know, a five minute ban and then a one hour ban and then a seven day ban and then a 30 ban. And cause it's, cause I just assume at some point your tantrum is going to be over. And it actually sounds like I'd love to have a discussion with you because it sounds like you feel different yeah. than me. And I like that. Yeah. So I, like, I really I, just want to, I really I just want to kick this out until that discussion can be reasonable. I think of, so, uh, I think of the uh, final fantasy 14 Andy as a two-year-old. Like it's like in my experience, like you're, tired? you're describing. Yeah. <laughs> let's get a, let's get some snacks you want some goldfish crackers and maybe some Same milk point. yeah like okay Fall buddy asleep. yeah just yell yourself to sleep <laughs> let me know when you wake up i probably enjoy being around you um oh it's a fact so. man like it's like yeah okay yeah what, like that's kick, that's always that's when i read done. when i always read those i always try to read these in, in the most positive way and what ended up just like for me just eventually just like where i was like no like i'm all right You've screamed. I'm gonna put you in in your crib. Like that's literally the thought process behind 
this series is just like, I'm going to, okay, fine. You're going to be in your crib and you're not going to like it. And you're going to tell me that you don't like it, that you don't want to be there. Well, tough. Like when the solution is to not consume and the solution is just to go do whatever else, but yet you choose to consume. There's some compelling thing. It's like, all right, man. Like, yeah, I don't know. The problem is, I don't think is with me. Like it could be like, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm perfect, but like at the end of the day, like I'm just trying to make fun things that people will hopefully enjoy from an education perspective. Like that's, that's my ultimate goal. And, uh, it's like, y'all are sucking the fun out of it for me. And then all of a sudden I was like, why am I letting you, right. Why am I letting you suck the fun out? And it's like, well, that's the, but that's the whole point behind the, uh, that's the whole point behind the, uh, the add on is against somebody's community guidelines, right? Yeah. Like I, I didn't know that their community kind of had a standing rule to not talk about that thing. And so I brought it up in somebody's chat and, and they said like, and they just, boom, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. We'll do it again. Like it's <laughs> no big deal. Nah, so like, it's not a big deal, that, but that's where uh, like I, a lifetime ban. That, like, yeah. But that's also, that, that's internet. just where it's my mind, the uh, running over their dog, having, it's, having it's that add on and kind of sharing that kind of within like, Ideally, if just within the 14 community, because like we've, it's interesting to see like 14 has a bad reputation as a community in and like every, like I go talk to like Call of Duty people and they're like, oh, 14. Oh man, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, I like it. My friends call me every time something happens in the 14 community and they're WoW players. And uh, the two things that they like to make jokes about are uh i wanted to play your game but your community said i wasn't welcome yeah and then and then they like to insert something obscure like because i had cucumbers on my salad today like they like to just like pick something really obscure and just make fun of like yeah you guys are super sensitive about cucumbers on salad so like and so like and 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 you're like uh so i went to a university where the the uh, fans raided the field one time before the game was over Mm -hmm. the game didn't end and the fans like we won and they charged the field and then it caused this like 30 minute game delay because they had to clear the field and all the damage that like people knocked all this stuff over and all that. And so like it was this whole thing to end the game. And like we did end up winning. But then like from then on, my friends that watch college football are like, um, man, you guys really got this one in the bag. But uh, don't worry. It's not over yet. It's not over yet. I'll let you know when it's over. And it's like and it's like you got us like we, we did that. That was dumb. Uh, and so like all I can ever say is like, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. And then the other thing is. Um, Hey, I just want to see if everything was okay because I heard, I heard Yoshi issued an apology this week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, like, that's the other ongoing. So, this week I got a call that said, like, hey, I heard Yoshi had to apologize because apparently his devs are really good and he thinks you guys can't get good. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's like, ah, you, you got us. Like, yeah, that, that, did, that did happen. <laughs> that, that, yep, that's, that's correct. That's correct. Anyway, that was a fun little impromptu topic section as that, that, Brian, that Brian, Brian and Chris. Uh, share the the dirty secrets of what's going on in, in the, yeah, in the and that ginger cancer uh guys welcome uh to this video live stream uh and or highlight be sure to hit that like button if you enjoy these kind of contents subscribe and let us know if you're new uh, or sound off in a chat and uh, if you especially if you're new and this is the first time you're joining us we're actually talking about the square enix blitz that's kind of what i'm titling it uh, we got tgs uh, 2022 going on right now uh nintendo also just had it's uh, it's live show, followed by Sony having its live show, announcing a lot of Square Enix games. It felt like we got a lot of farming sims, at least on on the Nintendo side. But regardless, one of the big announcements for me personally uh, was that Octopath Traveler 2 is making its way, not just to Switch, but Steam, PlayStation. And interestingly enough, Xbox remains to be excluded from Square. Like, it is this continual drumbeat of, yeah, well, like... Yeah, the original Octopath is in 
Game Pass. Yeah, or at least it used to be. Like it, it, it and be. it's on Xbox. Yeah, that's how I played it. Mm -hmm. I put the demo on my Switch, and then I was like, man, I really need to make time for that game. I need to make time for that game. And then I made time for it, and I was like, well, I should probably play the games I already own. And they're like, well, it's free in Game Pass. Well, I, I practically own it. So oh, then. <laughs> The, um, so that's how I made time for it. Yeah, so we know that it's coming in February, and the thing that was originally I thought I was like, oh, it's going to be Switch, and then just like uh, with Triangle Strategy, with Octopath Traveler, then we'll see it actually roll out to other platforms as a timed exclusive to Switch. But this one is actually launching PlayStation Four, Five, uh, Steam, and, uh, and and Nintendo Switch, which I was like, oh, that's good. I have platforms that I can play that. I'm probably going to pick that up personally now on Steam. Uh, namely because like I, I have it on switch i have it on uh, my xbox i actually have it on stadia but there's a couple platforms stadia and xbox just not on that list and it just continues to drive home like well then uh, square enix and uh and sony or at least square enix and like I, like are they getting paid not to publish on, on that platform or is it just not worth it to publish on their platform I don't know, but uh, Triangle Strategies also announced that it's coming to Steam and uh, like Harvesta or things like that. Like, Har yeah, so a lot, <laughs> bunch of different games. What uh, if an RPG also had a farm? Farm yeah. Simulator, farm farming simulators coming out of 2020. Just like how much Stardew Valley and Animal Crossing can you shove into anything was the theme of the Nintendo Direct this year. Mm -hmm. um, regardless of developer, regardless of developer, it was like Brian. I know you've been developing a racing game, but I, I you know, I, I, I've thought about it a lot, and it just feels like I just I don't see any crops growing. Right. And uh, uh, <laughs> and Necro Conquer is pointing out also that like they did announce Final Fantasy Crisis Core remake is actually coming uh, for Xbox, which is interesting as a part of that because we still don't see Final Fantasy VII remake on Xbox. It is this weird, got to be some kind of cat contractual thing. Like I don't, it doesn't make sense. We still also don't see Final Fantasy fourteen on Xbox. I think people have actually been mocking it up. I saw some things going around Twitter talking about like that and it ends up obviously being fake. And it's like, okay, so I don't know what's going on with the relationship between Square Enix and Xbox, but beyond that, I'm still excited that they're, at least for me, seeming to be stepping more into some of these these franchises or at least these game modes that, you know, I, I don't think have been supported for a, a, a little while. You know, not to say that we don't have our, you know, strategy or tactical RPGs, uh, but now that they stepped in with like Triangle Strategy, I thought that was a really great game. I really enjoyed that. Um, it's definitely in the running for game of year, uh, the year for me. Uh, some people felt like it was more talky than than fighty, but at the end of the day, like I was like, I really enjoyed it. Uh, is there anything that stood out to you in terms of the really recent announcements? Anything you're particularly excited about picking up? Octopath. Octopath Traveler. Um, Octopath 2. Uh, that's that Octopath was incredible. Uh, I knew it from the moment I went hands on the demo. And the question was just, when do I find time? Like, that's that's one of the problems is like Square's come out with so many titles here. How do you just pick the number you have time for? Because mm -hmm. there's no way anybody has time for all of them. Uh, it feels it felt like the Nintendo Direct. They were like, what are we going to do with all these Square things? I don't know. Just put it every other game. Like, I don't. <sighs> yeah. Uh, and, then, and they're like, why did you give us so many? And like Square's like, we just gave you your share. Like, we have other announcements for other events. Uh, like, it is. It is an absolute blitz over there. When you wonder how Yoshi P, regardless of his talent, if you didn't know who Yoshi P was, if you wonder why an MMO team lead was being given a single player game to develop. And he was like, yeah, like we, you know, like there's some of his interviews that kind of imply like we weren't totally qualified to be given this project. All, all, 
it has to be all hands on deck all the time. They're like, guys, we're going to make 600 games. Like, oh, wow. Like, eventually? No, no. Like, right now. We're right going to start 600 games right now. So take your workload, add five games on top. Like, it, it is absolutely absurd how much content is coming out of uh, Square Enix. Yeah, and it's uh, one of the things that I've I actually appreciate about this because I see people talk about their concerns for Final Fantasy 16, that it's you know an action combat system that they really want to see a Final Fantasy game go back to kind of a turn based combat. And in my mind, I look at that, I go, well, isn't it like Octopath? Isn't that like Bravery Default? Um, they like those properties and also the weirdness of their names. I see actually chat calling out like, why are their names so strange? And I was like. I, I, it could be an IP thing, a licensing thing. They want to make about sure. Travelers lazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what if it's about, so I got a game and you're just going to like travel around and we'll just have like a big path that you follow around. Okay. And then we'll start you at like eight, like eight places. Oh, so we'll call like it like, octo? Eight, like, path like octo? Go, uh, eight path going. Traveler. Oh, eight path going. Hmm. Octopath Traveler. Yeah, that sounds great. There you go. And, and then, then their next one came out and we're going to call it Project, Project Triangle strategy. strategy, and I was like, at this point, they're just shipping working titles. They like are because that's it was it was <laughs> like, Project Octopath what Traveler. Is happening? It was Project yeah. Octopath Traveler. Now it's just like Octopath Traveler two. The um, I I personally would love like the thing the announcement that I did not see, and maybe and again I haven't seen every bit of news that has come across my desk on this morning. The news I did not see was like I'm I'm like they they did a live live as a part of this like back you know in the spring they announced that. Um, and so I was like, oh, are we are we going to start to see kind of the remaster of the NES, SNES era games in this style? Will we see Final Fantasy VI and things like that? And we have yet to see that, at least according uh, to my like, to my knowledge. And I was like, that's what I'm hopeful for. That's that's the message that that gets me to like to tear up and be super excited because I love the art style. I love the direction. I love the I love this concept of the this 2D HD visuals because i think i i appreciate octopath and its visuals uh so much now what i was looking forward to in octopath 2 kind of as an as, as kind of like oh they did octopath 1 here's some of the weaknesses that i felt in that game and one of them was that yes you have your your travel companions and they have their stories that you can play but there was not so much character interaction right it's kind of like you, the main the main protagonist and then the game is not really aware of who you've chosen and i get it from a narrative perspective uh, i get it from what everything that that's doing it turns into a real bandersnatch situation otherwise right right like based on the order that you unlock things and the priority you put on different people's stories there has to be different outcomes in each scene so it turns into like octopath traveler has sixty seven thousand endings um so that that starts to get a little bit harder <clears throat> um but i agree with you i agree with you that was some, that was an area that it could have um, improved that it was incredible they're coming out with that new music game mm -hmm. uh, a little like uh like theater rhythm with like final fantasy uh music mm -hmm. uh, all i mean all all the square enix music it's a lot of they're like 500 songs and i bet somebody that doesn't know square enix like how do they get 500 songs for that and square enix hands were like how do they get it down to just 500 songs uh <laughs> so <laughs> like um it was a lot so uh it's exciting to see them not just bound to switch because that team's been incredibly yeah. talented and while you and i are both huge fans of the switch Nintendo as a whole isn't totally convinced the internet is sticking around forever. And so they're not great at internet related things. And that opens up that team if they ever were to want to develop something that had internet compatibility as part of its game design, they would have that opportunity. Um, because like Goldeneye coming to the Switch, my brother's a huge first person shooter fan and he says, I just don't want to play online games with the Switch. I want to play Goldeneye online. Please God don't like, 
I'm happy to play games on the Switch. Please don't make me play games online with the Switch. Yeah. Uh, it's a rough experience. It still is. Single player games. Single player games on, yeah. on the Switch. Great. Yeah. Occasional online interaction, right? I'm playing Pokemon. My nephew's playing Pokemon. We sit down next to each other and trade. Works great. I do not want like Smash Brothers online. I find wildly frustrating. One of the things that has made me like why this announcement is even more exciting is that oh, I can actually get it on Steam day one, meaning I'm assuming it's going to run on my Steam Deck, where when I play Multiverses, Multiverses is an incredible online experience. Uh, when I play, uh, you know, you know, like now it's like I can add in, uh, you know, obviously the, um, you know, like Octopath Traveler to this. Like that's going to make my library so much easier. I do have the entire Final Fantasy you know, uh, classic uh, pixel collection on, on Steam Deck. I've got 14 on Steam Deck. Like, all of a sudden, like, this. Like I'm curious to see what ultimately happens with Switch and Nintendo. Do we see a Switch 2? Do we see something different coming out of that company in the next couple of years? Because, like, the Steam Deck in and of itself, being its level of flexibility that's really where the competition comes in like whether like i i have a switch oled because i'm a nintendo nut but at the same time i'm also somebody who's very hard on nintendo so when i talk about nintendo online there's always these interesting nintendo defenders that come in they're like you just hate this this company it's like well i hate that i give them money and then complain that they're not actually innovating (laughs) like that's my biggest complaint i'm like oh you're you're you're, you made a slight step in progress here let me reward you with money and nintendo's like People love it. Like they're buying it. Ethernet dongle is like the perfect metaphor for Nintendo. Like a clever, wildly branded thing that I can kind of give them money for, but not every Nintendo fan owns that does a task that everybody else does natively. Yeah. Like, like it's like, come on. Uh, I love Nintendo. I do. They've all been a huge fan. I'm really excited. There's another Zelda title coming. Yeah. Um, I'm super pumped. Uh, and but the Octopath Traveler team, I just I think they're really crushing it, and I don't want to see them bound to only the choices that Nintendo makes because there will be a platform after Switch, and Switch has been wonderful. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the Wii, but yeah. there will be a time after the Switch, and if that time after the Switch is like you know the Dark Ages, like a Wii U or something, mm-hmm. um, they're going to be bound to that because that's the choices they made, and they chose to tie themselves to that dev environment. So I think I think the fact that it's they, they've had success and they're having success elsewhere. Um, you know, since we're here to talk about Square Enix, that's that's a really good thing for the Square Enix side of things. Yeah, it's really good for Square Enix. I think it also continues to show the power that Square Enix has. I saw earlier in chat, someone's like, I'm locked into the Sony ecosystem because of Square Enix, because that's where they're publishing all these games. And I don't blame them for that at all. Like, that's the reason why I bought a PlayStation and a two and a three uh, and a four. Still Sony can't, knows that. Still can't get a five. One day I will. Um, we'll That's see how they, they pay for Square Enix games. They yeah. know that a portion of PlayStation owners yeah. are there because of third-party agreements they have. Well, and that's—I mean, I, I followed them from the SNES to there because, like, I was like, "Yeah, I am a Square Enix nut." Like that's like that's that defines like this nostalgic that defines who I am, and that's where it's like I definitely really like to experience uh, experience their games, and I'm like beyond thrilled that it seems that there's going to be a little bit more flexibility, especially with Sony's recent kind of, you know, I guess coming to terms with how the model's changing where they're actually publishing it on PC. Been playing Spider-Man on my deck and it's a it's a wonderful experience, especially because I can't, you know, I was like, I'm not going to buy a 4. I'm not going to buy a PS4 if I'm, if I'm able to a, a, now find one, but 
then save up the money, which will probably be maybe next year. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll see if I can't get a five. But uh, before we continue on, Phil, with 40 months of support as a member over here on YouTube, uh, thank you guys so much. If you happen to be uh, here on YouTube, if you happen to be a member, uh, it's weird because they don't tell you, but if you actually hit the dollar button, it'll tell you if you have a free membership promotion. Kind of like over here on, on Twitch, it just says you've been supporting us for excellent amount of time. On YouTube, you have to take an extra step. And uh, that's what Phil did. So 40 months, dude. You just you, got their Scrum certification. What? I missed that. Yeah. Oh, just got, okay. I see the message themselves. Uh, yes, awesome. Um, <laughs> it won't let me highlight it here. It didn't actually show up with, uh, <laughs> with that message. So one way or another, I just wanted to say, hey, congratulations, Phil. And thank you so much for that support. Uh, Chris, do you have any uh, other thoughts or anything uh, in terms of the Square Enix's uh, like, uh, lineup? Are you going to be picking up the Iterator? rhythm at all like is that a game that like uh interests you um honestly right now like the question is what can they put in game pass and okay. like so as much as i'm loving all these games it's what can they put in game pass uh, i think right now final fantasy 13 is on its way out of game pass um so they've been passing through i think final fantasy 10 and 12 have, uh, like so there's been different ones passing through um game pass has been kind of a filter because i'm finding the number of great games that are out there these days overwhelming uh, and, and so it's, it's a question of like, okay, I can only afford to buy so many games in a year. How do I decide where to put it? And so like game pass as a, as a curator of like, here's the menu. You don't have your choice of all food that can be prepared in the world. You have, you have this menu has been a really great way to like make it to where I'm not spending all my time deciding what game to play. And instead I'm just playing games. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I understand that's limiting me. I do, uh, but that's been that's been plenty. Considering I still played three MMOs, so that's that's been plenty. Yeah. Uh, Just three. But this I, I find Xbox Game Pass to be like that perfect answer, um, and I, I I I hope that other platforms. You know, I, I do find like like I've there've been through seasons in my life where uh, Steam was how I filtered things and like the Steam summer sales and things like that. So different phases of your life, you, you just kind of trust a different curator to kind of help help that th through that. Um, as far as Square Enix story, uh, shouting out at the end here, and then I'll shout out at the beginning of the next video. Uh, I am doing three point one to three point five five for my first time next week on Twitch. Nice. So guys, be sure to be following over on Twitch. Link is pinned in the uh, in the YouTube and in the description. Uh, if you guys aren't following us over there, uh, Chris streams Monday through Friday. We've been actually doing these live shows uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and hopefully we'll be able to get those and keep those continuing because um, these are a lot of fun, a good way to kind of kick off the day um, and, and also in a way. So hello and welcome everybody to our third topic for this live show. If you're joining us live, uh, thanks so much for being here. Be sure to like and comment in, uh, in chat and let us know uh, how you're enjoying the show itself. And beyond that, today's third topic, we're going to jump into Yoshi P's latest letter to the community. This is hopefully putting a bow on the uh, Savage nerf and the changes and like the miscalculations they've made. Uh, and I have not yet read this. Chris has been able to kind of peruse it a little bit. So I'm going to let him take over and actually start breaking down this letter. And then we're going to discuss it. As always, you can sound off in the comments with your own thoughts, your own theories, how you receive this positive or negative. Chris, take it away. And... Uh... As we put a bow on this next week on Twitch, I'm going to be playing 3.1 to 3.55 for my first time. So if you guys want to see me clear heaven's word post post MSQ, uh, MSQ, then uh, come hang out there. So with that, let's get going. Hello, this is Naoki Yoshida, producer and director of Final Fantasy 14. There has been a lot of discussion surrounding our explanation for adjusting the HP of the boss in Abyssos, the 8th Circle Savage, PAS. 
uh, in patch 6.21, as well as the necessity of the adjustment itself. Firstly, please allow me to apologize for the disruption caused by the balancing issue and for any offense resulting from the insufficient explanation we initially provided. In this post, I hope to clear up any misunderstandings as to how and why this adjustment was made. The reason for the HP adjustment. As uh, was explained in the 6.21 notes, a miscalculation on our part resulted in the boss's HP being roughly 1% too high in comparison to the difficulty of the previous fourth stage Savage Rage. Uh, we do, of course, understand and appreciate that many players nevertheless honed their ability rotations, raised item levels, repeated the fight over and over and over to claim victory. Having the HP set to this higher value, however, had other undesirable consequences, including certain jobs being excluded from party recruitment, a growing dissatisfaction with the overly punishing degree of difficulty. As our miscalculation was the root cause of these issues, we decided the best course of action was to explain our mistake and correct the inflated HP to the value it should have been in the first place. This type of correction has little precedence in Final Fantasy XIV's development, and although the discussion uh, was made after considerable debate, we once again apologize for the impact it had on player enjoyment. The source of the miscalculation. Well, this issue was touched upon in the patch notes, but allow me to explain our balancing process in further detail. Firstly, the development team bases adjustments on the following premise, that the top percentage of players are overwhelmingly better at the game than we are. We regret not stating this more clearly in previous explanation, but said premise is the reason why we do not release content tuned precisely as it was when the battle team's battle testers cleared it. We always add a little bit extra to the boss values before rechecking the fight and releasing it live. The team responsible for balancing boss fights does so without debug commands and at the appropriate item level, employing available materia, food, and medicines while experimenting with mitigating actions and various job compositions. Yet, we recognize that the player skill far exceeds our own. If we were to ship content with the same values which challenged our battle team, the top raiders would be deprived of that by the skin of your teeth victory in the initial week of release. Based on the team's skill and our experience, that little bit extra usually translates to a balance test clear value plus or minus uh, 1-2% to HP. Uh, plus 1-2 to HP. Uh, it looks like HP. plus 1 or 2. Just plus yeah. 1 or 2. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I don't think minus. I don't think they're better. Uh, <laughs> plus one or two percent HP. And the final values account for other mathematical factors too, of course, such as the estimated damage the party could deal from the moment of victory to the end of the time limit, as well as the total burst damage potential based on frequency and amount inflicted. These numbers, uh, these various calculations are based on are what we are referencing when we said our team's performance was higher than anticipated. This latest installment features a boss closely tied to the dark past of a major character, and so we were focused on making this battle even more of a challenge than usual. As such, the battle team spent an inordinate amount of time together designing and testing the fight mechanics, which in turn led them to improving party coordination and communication beyond what they might usually achieve for a given boss fight. Final adjustments were, however, still based on the team's victory data. And so the little bit extra we added for the release proved to be that little bit too much. Reasons aside, our adjustments were off by that crucial 1%, and we again 
offer our apologies to those whose gaming experience was adversely affected by the correction, uh, correction and insufficient explanation. A high difficulty raid is a special kind of battle. We want players to enjoy a satisfying hard-won victory, and we keep that ideal in mind when making tweaks and balance adjustments. Although we failed to walk that delicate line this time, the experience will help us to design a more perfectly thrilling battle in the future. Now, why adjust the duty rather than the job balance? When balancing jobs, each job's base numbers uh, at the applicable item level are adjusted with respect to the difficulty of playing that particular job and its rotation as well as its support actions and their effects. Naturally, the above factors are also affected by the mechanics and combination thereof at work in each battle, meaning that every job's numbers will not necessarily be at ideal values during all available battles. In addition to this inherent variance, there are indeed times when our calculations or adjustments are incorrect, producing damage numbers lower than intended and requiring subsequent strengthening of a job. In this case, when considering job balance more broadly, the jobs that needed emergency adjustments in this fashion were Paladin and Warrior. However, the aforementioned issue with Abyssos the Eighth Circle Savage also caused certain jobs to be better suited to the raid than others and made the damage check required to clear extremely strict, resulting in a situation where players felt obligated to choose jobs with higher damage output when attempting the raid. Attempting to ameliorate this by buffing certain jobs without making changes to the raid itself would have negatively impacted the overall balance within each role and likely resulted in disappointment for those whose jobs were already dealing sufficient damage for the raid and therefore received no adjustments. Unfortunately, adjusting all jobs in such a short period is not feasible. Thus, the root cause of the issue was a mistake from balancing the duty, and an immediate fix that maintains role balance was required. It is a game design fundamental as well as our policy that rather than adjust the jobs to suit each battle, we balance the jobs independently, and only then set the battle content difficulty. Changing the job balance for one single duty would end up causing more problems than it solves, so we decided to address the problem in the manner we did by ameliorating the root cause. I appreciate that regardless of our rationale, this issue has been a source of frustration for many, and I apologize for that. I hope, however, that this has helped clarify our approach. In conclusion, the adjustment to Abyssos the Eighth Circle was never intended to be a nerf, but merely the correction of values that were set inappropriately by a fourth stage savage raid to begin with. Nevertheless, I understand that it feels like a nerf for those who worked hard and were on the verge of clearing the fight as it was originally implemented, and I regret having caused such disappointment. As we strongly wish you to continue enjoying fiercely challenging Savage fights, particularly in the early days after release, we do, will do our utmost to further improve the tuning of these battles. Furthermore, we will strive to better understand what our players think about such issues and improve our operational protocols perhaps by waiting a week before implementing fixes, in addition to providing details on our perspective, so that if we again find ourselves in a similar situation, we may arrive at a solution that is more satisfying to everyone. At the risk of sounding like a broken record, I sincerely apologize for any disruption that our error may have caused to your gameplay experience and appreciate your uh, patience. Naoki Yoshida, Final Fantasy XIV, producer and director. So I have a couple of thoughts. First and foremost, like I always love how we are able to get so much 
detail into the thought process, the development process. And I think that's actually really valuable to us as a community. And also at the same time, both things can be true is that it feels like from N Walker, that this has also been in a very a year filled with apologies, uh, with mistakes and errors. And I can't help. I don't, it doesn't mean what I'm going to say is true, but I can't help but thinking that with 16, with his added responsibilities, with all that's going on, like I think it's Square Enix asking too much of Yoshi P in this regard. And like, is this going to be a pattern that continues on until said release or assuming that Yoshi P gets his wish and gets to start working on a brand new MMO after 16's released. What do you think? So I am working on a really big post for gaming kind of where I have had the chance to sit down and talk with Ren Kargani to represent the higher end players who do take a lot of this on week one um, and have cleared the tier. Uh, and I am also, um, I also talked to Mo Reigns, who puts a lot of time into Savage very early on, but on the much more casual party finder end of things, as well as watching and reading reactions from uh, Zeph, Zeno, Happy, Quasi, like a, a, a whole gamut of players across a wide variety of skill sets and content types. Um, and the overwhelming frustration is that the fight was clearable by, yes, less than maybe some previous tiers have had in the past, but it was clearable by a not insignificant number of teams for the and, and clears were continuing to happen. Gear would have naturally removed 1% off of this boss's, it's 1.7 million uh, life off the boss's health. Gear, roughly. Gear would have um, naturally made that 1.7 million more achievable as the weeks went on. Um, but job balance is going to be something that lingers. And yes, we need the gear to be able to ideally go into Criterion Savage with the highest item level possible. Yes, we need the gear to drop so that people don't feel like they're grinding right up against 6.3 because we think we're getting an ultimate next patch cycle. Um, and, and loot lockouts, there is a limited number of loot lockouts in a you know roughly 266 day cycle between Savage raids. So... I think my frustration here is that this acknowledges the issue with this one particular fight and explains it as a one-off mistake. And it's a very generous apology if that was the case. But whether it was 1% or 10%, this one fight, if this fight hadn't screwed up, a fight would have eventually screwed up because everything I've learned over the last 24 hours is I've kind of gone to shape my opinion by more broadly understanding how people feel is there are some fundamental combat designs that make job balance at high risk of always being screwed up based on changes they've made for Endwalker. And as a result, it's just a matter of time until an encounter, any encounter is off by some unsurmountable percentage because the job balance is faulty, like at its nature. It's not an issue of like, oh, a certain potency to be adjusted. Like the whole mentality that they've taken to just designing any particular job and the system as a whole is just flawed um, in Shadowbringers and or in the Endwalker. And it's it's until they shift that, we're gonna keep having the, we're gonna keep needing these adjustments. Well, especially as we continue to add more and more jobs every expansion. Why I'd be very curious, especially to uh, chat here. Um, what I'm about to say, because I, I've heard this sentiment uh, get louder and louder each expansion. 
we that there's a group of people who would love to see nothing more than no jobs actually added as a part of an expansion and have every job that time spent on making a new job have every job kind of receive kind of an uh, a deeper level of pass a deeper level of work or adjustment or rework or you know, like essentially like okay because it the oshp is commenting just on how long it takes to make these jobs uh and make them viable that it's like okay you know like what if that time was spent on you know like could you like take a look at five jobs in the in the course of it because like i say that like we still like we got two but summoner got a complete rework and so we're we're starting to see kind of like okay we're going to add and we're also going to do some kind of rework would we end up seeing in the long run that being a value do you think that would be something to help kind of solve it because yoshi p also said that based off of shadowbringers and endwalker we're going to get an idea of how all this stuff is connected uh together so the advantage of a consistent patch schedule is they know how fast they need to work and we know how fast we need to consume the content um, to feel comfortable as players uh, the consistency is one of the things that Final Fantasy 14 offers in a way that no other MMO and, and game at all in game studio that I know of can match their consistency, their product management, their ability to say, we have the resources to make sure that the team can deliver consistently. Um, and within that can ideally provide balance to the devs. And if they have times that they feel really great and they're working really great and they're inspired, and they're working really fast. We'll use that to kind of level out the times that maybe maybe they had a hard week at work and and we can manage all that instead of you being on this emotional roller coaster with us. And with very rare exception, um, this game runs like a bus or a train schedule. I mean, it is it is unbelievably predictable and they communicate at set intervals in between. So we always know there's always an announcement. The train will be here in 20 minutes. The train will be here in 10 minutes. And so it's been incredible. The downside of that is when it comes to job balance and when it comes to job design is when do you do it? Mm -hmm. um, the advantage that World of Warcraft accidentally causes by having these 9,000 day patch cycles is there's a lot of time where the engine isn't moving. But if you are releasing content every two months and you're releasing major content in between on those four month intervals, when do you balance it, right? So if you balance this tier, right up against the tier releasing, you frustrate people that are in the middle of solving it. If you balance it after this, you run the risk of screwing with Criterion that releases in 6.25. Mm -hmm. If you balance it after that, you risk screwing with Ultimate in 6.3. 6.3 is like, there are going to be people to take all of 6.3 yeah. to solve Ultimate. So then you risk screwing with 9 through 12 in 6.4. If you, you also, mess with that, why not yeah. push it to the expansion? And then in an expansion, you're supposed to have two new jobs. How do you balance for those? If, you, if all these parts are moving, well, where do they slide in? So it's just... yeah. You're well, we've also we've also engine. seen that happen in PvP this year with the A patch. Like it was, we got a whole different patch, and that caused all kinds of problems. That's where it's like back to kind of the thing. It's like we've seen a lot of different apologies. Some that I don't feel are justified from Yoshi P's perspective, apologizing for the fact of this global pandemic that couldn't get us <laughs> servers, etc. Like yeah, I yeah. get that from a you know what? Like I'm sorry because it's like we're all in this together. That's a pain point. So I don't I don't count that as like as that but then we see like these these little things that we haven't really seen happen before in terms of the experience at least from my my best memory i do remember that it took a long time to actually take down twin tanya i brought up that example at the start of this week 
where eventually they did somebody did clear it, but they had to go back and mechanically make some changes because they they found like it was you know something within the rng or how the twisters essentially kind of dominated the conversation it was very very like it took a lot longer for them to get a clear on that than they originally expected but a part of that was exciting for a lot of players and uh because i've seen even wow people say wow takes at least over a week but even from professional teams to actually get down all of these fights as well so there's some they interesting reset yeah it's over a week which it's really weird they see a reset and then because it's a global race what happens with the fact that eu and na servers go off at different times like it's it's a whole thing there's this whole meta aspect to solving the problem of a wow raid that is outside mm -hmm. of the boss mechanics now uh i do want to bring up because it kind of touched on something you were talking about uh and over in uh twitch chat uh pj Harold uh says has gatekeeping in final fantasy gotten so bad that a one percent change causes this much drama and my perspective on it is that I like that. I think is uh, if you actually, and this could be my bias because I obviously have an obsession and follow the like 14 in the community for many, many years. I tend to see, and we've seen kind of in a pattern within the 14's community, usually around the point three, you know, time frame, you end up seeing a lot more drama because there ends up being a little bit more burnout. Players really might not understand why they're starting to feel the way they're feeling about a game. But with Endwalker, we actually saw that actually kick off pretty early. Once the expansion was was finished, you finished the story. All of a sudden, you start hearing more and more people talking about like, oh my gosh, like, why am I not enjoying this game the way that I used to? I'm really confused where, you know, and that in and of itself, I was like, yeah, it's been a long journey. So I think that within the community itself, a couple of factors have happened. One, they concluded the story. So you're not actually getting point one, two, and three really driving the rest of the expansion story uh, and that kind of level of excitement. But you also have seen the increase in time between patches, which we think is is the right call, but that gives a little bit more time to to find faults and to find uh, complaint and to find frustration. And then you also have a community that has been so also hyped up on the the defense and the, the never say anything bad about this game that all of a sudden when somebody's like i'm really not enjoying this the way that i thought i might be at would have and then all of a sudden you you run up against that side of things i think this is kind of like one of those like you know like perfect disasters that like it's not a disaster but ultimately when people like start to really kind of look into it it's like that's that's kind of what the cycle of games of service is we are in a uh, I call it the three seasons of MMOs or the three seasons of the of the service-based game, hype, grind, and and bitch, and where you just complain and you get frustrated over it. And so I think that's just where we where, where we are at as a community. Not that you can't be hyped for what's coming, not that you can't be currently grinding in the game, but when you take this onto social media, like, yeah, what else is, are they going to talk about? Like, there's not news to talk about. We don't know much about, you know, we know stuff, but we don't, like, we're not getting any new information. As soon as that kicks up, then we go it's right into a hype season. Spoilers, right? right. Oh, yeah. And you can't talk spoilers. <laughs> and it's like, hey, we got eight, we got eight years, nine years of, like, stuff that it's like, oh, you're new to the game. That's going to completely change how what we were able to talk about with you guys. So, you know, like, and, and that's a reality that we're all facing. Um, so that's 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 my perspective on what P. Gerald's talking about, that this has always been a part of the community. The reason why it, it feels more prevalent is because of the things that I just mentioned. What do you think, Chris? I think, first of all, we are incredibly blessed that a lot of times the actual spark that causes drama in, in the 14 community is very small. Um, compared to what other games may have had to live through or other industries may have had to live through. Um, 
where a lot of times we are, are complaining about balance that is within a couple percentage points. We are complaining about something that like, and people are still achieving. Like we, we are complaining about something small, but second of all, usually the spark itself, I think a lot of times it gets the headline, right? Cause it's, it's the example, it's the living example. I'm not making up a hypothetical situation. This is the situation, but it represents something much larger. And so there's usually something bubbling up. And because this community has not always had a historical community wide ability to discuss any shortcomings in the game, anybody's frustration with the game tends to get bottled up. And so all this frustration kind of bubbles and bubbles and bubbles. And the moment there's a chance to talk about it, they can talk about it. And so you are seeing people talk about, okay, I, I had a lot of issues with the two minute burst window change for Endwalker. I had a lot of issues with the following job changes. I had a lot, and those issues aren't new to this tier. They've been there and they've mm -hmm. been there. And the person's been like, I don't like this. It's going to cause a problem at some point. I don't like this. It's going to cause a problem at some point. Um, but because everything was going fine, people were like, oh, you're, you're just crying wolf. You're just you're just making a, a mountain out of a molehill. You're just making it a bigger deal than it has to be. It's not like it's not like whatever you're complaining about is stopping people from clearing fights until it is. Yeah. And then and then people are like, see, I told you. And like, yes, it just happened to be a one percent. But the percentage change for a lot of the people that are really upset at this, the percentage change wasn't the problem. There were there were people who were already burned out with the way the combat system works because the two minute burst windows made this particular ultimate feel really hopeless sometimes if you had a party member that slid outside the two minute window and that because they died and you might as well wipe the whole pole and previous versions of the combat system would have said okay let's think creatively let's shift some people's burst windows to the 30 second increment let's adjust let's make that time back up and so the, the system itself has fostered a lot of this burnout going into this tier. Um, and so I think some people's frustration, this is just where they're putting it, but it was already there. Um, we just don't do a very good job talking about it. Yeah. So I, I think that's where it, I think that's where it happens. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good uh, question. Thank you that for that P Gerald. Uh, because I think it's interesting. And thank you, Cos uh, Cosmos, for uh, joining at the Tier 1. Uh, appreciate that. A dollar a month club. I really appreciate that support over here on YouTube. Uh, we like to try to make it as accessible as possible. So uh, those uh, those uh, that level is, is such an important level for us. So thank you in that regards. Um, at its core, we also saw a bunch of uh, first-time chatters over here on, uh, on Twitch. I love that I can see that. So welcome in, uh, Rylax and uh, Noah's Mel. Uh, and thanks so much for stopping in and saying hi for the first time. So we're glad that you're here. Um, at its core, uh, man, like I, 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 I'm just kind of curious to see where we obviously go from here because, uh, we're going to see some more adjustments. We'll continue to see more adjustments, but what's also kind of like another thread that just kind of, you know, it's just singing in the back of my mind is Yoshi P looking at Dragoon and, and Astro and then realizing, okay, we're going to have to save the things that we're doing for 7.0. And I do wonder if that ends up being like, hey, we're recognizing this too. We're getting that feedback too. Um, but changing, I, I'm assuming that changing out of a two-minute burst window isn't like, oh, let's just, you know, adjust this, adjust this. Because they kind of already got their their content schedule plan and, and all that kind of worked out. So ultimately if this feedback ends up being something that it's like, okay, we, we see what we did here and make adjustments. Um, maybe, maybe 7.0 is going to be a, a much, a much more, uh, you know, approachable take for a lot of, a lot of players. Well, I, I think this apology tells me that honestly, this seems like it muddies the waters more than it helps. Um, I, I can tell that, you know, they're genuinely stressed about this and they're, and they're trying to decide what to do. 
The other reason this is a big deal for anybody that hasn't been around the game for a long time is when he says this is kind of unprecedented. Uh, it's been a very, very, very long time since they've had to make changes like this. And the last time they had to make changes like this, the balance was substantially more off. So the question why we would bring back something that has not happened since like heaven's word. Um, I think, I think it was March of 2016 was the last time they had to make a balance change while content was relevant. Mm -hmm. And so when you're talking about something happening six years ago, seven years ago, um, and you're dusting off this kind of capability, you're dusting off this, you know, break in case of emergency acts, and you're going to take it to this content while people are still mid progression. It feels a little overblown when you're destroying this with an ax, like even if over 1%, like if it really is just 1%, why not just leave it? So there, you know, you say, well, it's just 1%, so get over it. Well, then if it's just 1%, why do it? And so there's this circular argument of like, why did this need to happen in the first place? Because if it was really just 1%, you could have just trusted us to clear it. The counter argument to that is this is the first time we're ever getting Savage Dungeons and they have said it's gonna be item level relevant. So if you need people to have as much best in slot gear as possible by October 18th is my guest date. That's I guessed it like that's 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 just a guess. Speculation, speculation, speculation. October 18th, Mr. Happy guesses the same thing. So two of us will be wrong. Um, and so like that's it. October 18th <laughs> is our guess at when um, the half patch will drop. But either way, whenever Criterion Savage gets here, you need as many people getting through as many bosses of weekly lockouts as possible. You don't want 83 groups to clear. So you've got 660 characters with this and everybody else is like, man, I've really been looking forward to the dungeons and they can't do them. Um, so like, I know there's things that the devs know that we don't know yeah. that might have also fueled this decision beyond this letter that they can't disclose to us. When does the ultimate team need to say, hey, balance team, pencils down, we have a job to do. Um, because in theory, at some point, they need to be testing the ultimate. And if it takes people like Lama Todd 120 hours of frog to clear an ultimate, imagine what the testing team has to do to test different mitigations, different comps and all that. They have a hard job. Yeah. So um, I, I want to be respectful of that. I just question would the best thing they could have done been to just do none of this. Right. I think so. Honestly, that's that's the conclusion that I, I come I come down to because people were getting clears. If nobody was getting clears like if it was like oh even the upper echelon because we know that as gear gets rolled out as these things happen like that that one percent doesn't become a big thing now i do appreciate yoshi's explanation i always love the insight into how they're thinking and about approaching it um but and the, the, here's the thing like they made a change i i i think i don't know if i, I wouldn't want them to go back and say all right guys okay one percent like i don't want that kind of ping pong decision-making process decision was made however in the future i hope that they take that kind of thing into consideration especially if people are getting clears if people aren't getting those clears that's the thing and then essentially looking at what else what like ultimately why and then obviously certain jobs like that kind of violates the principle of bring the job not the player um you know i mean bring the player not the job you know mindset um but that also then hits exactly the feedback we always tell especially new players like hey Congratulations on getting the level cap. Please consider, you know, at least having another job, whether it's in the same role or in another role, just so that if this stuff happens, because it's not always perfect. We see some jobs get favored over the others. That's the process of balance, right? The idea of balance being imperfect 
I mean, having a perfect balance doesn't exist, but it means that balance is always a, a constant fluctuation state. Therefore, yeah, having a way that you're not starting right over from scratch, having to learn another job doesn't mean you have to be the master of it, but just, yeah, maybe, maybe have at least another job or two in the, in the, in the holster so that when, yeah, you got to switch off warrior, go to dark Knight. Okay. That's not a problem. I'm still a part of the raid. I'm not like grinding out this, all this stuff mad while grinding it out, um, that I can't play the job that I want. But, um, at the end, uh, you know, I, I wish them luck. I think that I see chat sounding off about the dungeons, Izzy, uh, saying that they hope the new, uh, criterion variant dungeons, et cetera, are good. I really, I really need them to be, but beyond needing them to be good, I think it's important that as a community that we've been asking for this kind of content, we should absolutely make sure that we show up for it. So um, I think the difficulty levels will help um, ease that into it, but I think it's really, really going to be important overall. Uh, Chris, uh, why don't you wrap up uh, this segment and then we'll uh, wrap up our show for today. Cool. Well, uh, after this, guys, we stream uh, five days a week on Twitch. As a reminder, at the end of this one, for anybody that's here uh, and is expecting that, I am taking Friday the 23rd through the end of the month off uh, for my first big, long vacation, my first vacation since February. Uh, so my wife and I can celebrate 10 years of marriage. This is when it worked out with her work schedule to take off. And so we're going to take off that time and hopefully spend some time together. Um, and uh, so I know we already have tickets to a comedy show, so we're going to go do that and, and have a good laugh together. So um Really excited to have that time off, but that does mean that there won't be stuff over on Twitch. Uh, and today I'm going to be working on Sky Steel Tools. So uh, we'll keep at it. Thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, today was awesome. We, uh, we got four topics, I think. So yeah. we, we like random, mid, topic random bonus topic, which was, uh, which was great. So guys, uh, be sure to go hang out over on uh, Twitch. Uh, also, if you guys are listening to the MP3 audios, uh, we'd love a rating. Uh, feel free to give us a rating as it helps the discovery of the podcast. Uh, we appreciate each and every one of you for being here. Hopefully you guys enjoy the show. Hopefully we'll see you in the next live show. And until then, take care. <laughs>